We want to thank our amazing sponsor, the Rope Drop Queen herself, Michelle McKnight. And honestly, right now is still a great time to book a Walt Disney World vacation or a Disney Cruise Line or any other type of vacation because you're going to need it. She does all the work. She has saved us tons of money on numerous vacations. We love working with Michelle. You will too. Her email is in the show notes. So let her know that you're ready for a vacation. Now on to the show. Helping you navigate the Disney parks. With the hope that it will be a source of joy and inspiration to all the world. You're listening to Rope Drop Radio. Welcome to another Rope Drop Radio. Derek and Doug talking all things universal again, Doug, because again. Disney is once again not open. So might as well talk about the park that is open and going forward. Absolutely. And before we dive into that, we do have an awesome guest who you've heard before on the show. We do got to give a shout out to not one, but two new Patreons to Rope Drop Radio. That is awesome. And who are they, Derek? That is Anne-Marie and Amira. I probably said that wrong, but... Uh, we apologize. We do. Thank you so much for supporting Rope Drop Radio, getting uh, the bonus content and maybe some swag. I know some of our people have been around for a year, have gotten some cool buttons and gear. So thank mm-hmm. you so much. It's an awesome community. Doug, we are one away. I kid you not, one Patreon away from the goal we set like uh, when we started this. Yeah, the, the goal of 50, which is weird because I fully expected to have like one Patreon. Yeah. Like. Two blew my mind, and here we are at 49, which is awesome. Hopefully, everybody's enjoying the after show. I think we're going to have a fun, interesting one Oh, we're going to have a good one today. So to be a part of that, you're going to have to check out the show notes for our Patreon link. And who's going to be lucky number 50? Maybe you'll get something special in the mail from Doug. I'm putting that on him on the spot right now. But uh, that is awesome. Thank you to all of our Patreons for supporting the show. And, of course, Doug, we hit our review goal of 250 yes. five-star reviews. So thank you to we everyone did. who took time last week. I uh, gave a shout-out on the Instagram, so follow us at Rope Drop Radio. But, Doug, you have another review you need to read. Yes, this time the review is coming from BDGR24. Vinegar. Vinegar, yeah, I don't I, – I'm sure I'm supposed to pronounce that like Sam – but we'll try. Um, just bitter. All right. It's titled A Disney Fans Must Listen. I've listened to many Disney podcasts and Rope Drop Radio quickly rose to the top as one of my favorites. Derek and Doug are so much fun to listen to as they pass along their Disney wisdom. I cannot wait to try out Rope Dropping during our next Disney visit. Great podcast. Oh, thank you so like much. I like it. To the point. Hopefully, hopefully we can rope drop on our next Disney trip. I don't, uh, I don't know who when. Knows who knows? Yay. But you know what? We could rope drop Universal Studios right now because Absolutely. they are open. And uh, yes. yeah, it's actually, I'm not going to lie. I've been thinking about talking to Michelle about making a quick trip down there uh, because it is the only thing open right now. Definitely tempting. I need to get down there, Doug. I'm I'm that much. Is anyone else listening to this show really just needing a uh, trip to a, a theme park? Coaster? Yeah, absolutely. I'm jonesing. You need some themed background music, Derek? I do. I need anything at this point. Our Rope Drop Radio trip was supposed to be last week, and so I'm in a depression mode where I'll take anything. And next week, we will get to our fake Rope Drop trip. Yes, we teased we, that uh, last teased week. It. Yeah, we're not there yet. No, because we have a really great guest 
coming yes. this week. So today we are going to bring back Seth, who is the unofficial guide master to Universal Studios, Seth Kubruski. He was on episode 169 before, so you've been to the parks. You know what's going on, Seth. Thank you for uh, joining us on Rope Drop Radio. Thank you so much, gentlemen, for having me back on. Uh, it's great to get to talk to you about the reopening of Universal Orlando. Um, yes, I did get to go both to the very first day of annual pass holder previews. Uh, they had a couple days of previews for uh, team members, which is the uh, universal speak for cast members. And then two days where uh, annual pass holders could get a timed reservation. And I was lucky enough to snag uh, one of the very first on the first day of previews, um, got in the very first wave of people and then returned again on the first official opening day, which was the fifth. And right now it's open to the public. Um, you know, it's not exactly business as usual, but uh, all three parks and most of the hotels, along with CityWalk, are seeing guests. Awesome. So what was it like just stepping foot back into a theme park for the first time in months? I'm sure the clouds parted. There's cheering. I wish I could say that. And there, you know, there was cheering and there were uh, especially team members there welcoming us back. And and it did feel good to see friends back at work, to see people back, you know, with their families in the sunshine. I got to be brutally honest, Um, you know, First, with this quarantine, I think it's taken a lot out of all of us. Um, mm-hmm. It's you know, it's it's been really emotionally hard for everyone, and and yeah, there was a lot of pent up demand, but there's also still a lot of anxiety. Um, you know, it's hard to just it can't just pretend like everything is fixed and everything is over and that uh, you know coronavirus doesn't exist anymore. It's still out there. You know, there are still risks, and going to the park, you know, it it is a risk. It's not the world's biggest risk, but it's also not the world's smallest risk. Um, so you know, it and that wasn't pure unbridled joy. And and more importantly, uh, with everything that's been going on uh, this week in the country, um, you know, I I'm not going to dive into politics, but if you care about you know justice and liberty and equality, uh, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on in this country right now. And I, I personally felt a little guilty and a little shallow for, you know, spending a couple days at a theme park. Uh, but it is my job. Uh, I, it's, it's what I do. So, um, so, you know, a lot of mixed emotions. Uh, yes, it was great to be back in a park, but I wanted to, you know, just be able to enjoy it. And uh, under the, these circumstances, I don't think any of us can just purely enjoy anything right now. Yeah, that's that's some powerful stuff. Yeah, it's it has been a crazy week in our country for sure. So I'm definitely uh, glad that some theme parks are being able to open up to kind of, uh, I guess, alleviate that stress a little bit. Um and I don't want to. I, I don't in any way want to seem like I'm diminishing or, or minimizing. There, there are really important things happening yeah. in, in the country. In Orlando, you know, we've had um, peaceful protests that were, um, you know, basically attacked by the police. Mm. Um, and you know that it, it's definitely not on the scale that it's happening in some other places around the country. But it's serious stuff, and it's important stuff. And uh, you know, I don't want to seem like I'm trivializing by saying, oh, well, I'm, I'm going to a theme park. Um, but, you know, it's at the same time, you know, I saw a lot of families um, who looked like they were relieved to be away from 
being locked in their house and watching the news and being anxious and worried and were, you know, able to be out, you know, as just human beings again, you know, people in a theme park enjoying the sunshine or more like enjoying the rain. Uh, But, you know, (laughs) enjoying just a little bit of what we used to think of normal life, even if it's really not back to normal. Yeah, I think that's what the uh, this podcast and theme parks are in general, just kind of an escape from the norm. You you know, when you're in Disney, you're in the uh, most magical place on mm-hmm. Earth. When you're in Universal, you're living in films. And so uh, that's what I really love about theme parks in general. So, Seth, let's talk about kind of the new normal, the changes. Mm. What What's it like sure. now being in Universal from when it was before everything happened? Sure. Well, the, I mean, the changes are pretty uh you know pretty major and pretty obvious from the very first second as soon as you pull up to the uh parking toll booths and you no longer have to pay for parking um and that not only that but they've actually got people in the parking garage trying to tell you where to park now if if you're used to universal's parking garages you know that it's kind of mad max fury road in there a lot of times it's pure anarchy but they've actually you know staffed those up and socially distancing the cars so i kind of liked you know being parked without cars on either side of me so i don't have to worry about opening my door and slamming into you know some kid getting out of their car um But yeah, so right from the parking lot, as soon as you uh, get out of your car, before you even get through the security screening and the parking hub, you're going to go through a temperature check. And I think these are things that uh, at major events and big venues like this, we're all going to have to get used Mm -hmm. to. Uh, It's really quick. I got out um, the last day, uh, the first day I was there, saw a line that seemed to be stretching all the way from the the, uh, Jurassic Park parking section all the way through King Kong Omis to Jaws, you know, a long line of people, but it moved so quickly. I think I timed it at just over four minutes to get the entire line. It just, you know, it moves constantly and all lines, all cues you're going to see are going to be, seem really intimidating because they're all socially distant. So, you know, that when you have six feet between party, any queue is instantly, you know, three times as large now. Um, so that was the, the first impression was, boy, there's a big line of people for this temperature check. The second impression was, boy, that temperature check took no time at all. Uh, very similar to security, um, you know, universal in my opinion, compared to Disney has their security checks down pat with the baggage scanning machines and just putting yourself on a conveyor belt. And all of that was clean and easy. Uh, once you get into city walk, you know, you're used to hearing the, music overhead uh what you're not used to hearing is the repeated announcements saying you know thank you for your patience during this unprecedented time please remain six feet or two meters from all other parties these constant reminders to wash your hands uh and signage everywhere uh you're gonna when you go visit a theme park resort you're gonna have to get used to seeing dots on the ground everywhere dots telling you where to stand and lines telling you where not to stand um but I will say from the very first day that they opened City Walk and straight through the public opening of the theme parks, I would say Universal's done a better job of putting out those social distancing markers, providing signage, communicating clearly what is expected of guests. Better job of that than I think any other place that I've been to. Certainly much better than my local grocery store, and I'd say even a little smoother than Disney. 
Nice. That's uh, that's good to hear. On the temperature checks, um, they don't write that down or anything like that. They, they just kind of pull the trigger not, and you go. Exactly. They do not um, make any record of it. They are simply, yeah. yeah, pointing at you. It's like one, one thousand, two, one thousand. You're done. Yeah. Um, and I on I have not seen anyone pulled aside uh, and taken out of line. I know that the um, the director of operations gave a presentation to the uh, local commission on reopening in which he said that out of the first uh, 30,000 people they scanned, they had maybe 30 people read hot and no one who had to be ejected altogether. Uh, if you read hot for one reading, it's, it's uh, 100.4 Fahrenheit is the magic number. And if you come in above that, and to be honest, there are days uh, this summer where the uh, the the temperature with the with the humidity added in is going to be 104. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. Uh, if you read hot once, they have a little uh, area where you can sit and cool off and wait 15 minutes and get a second test. Uh, if you repeatedly read hot, they will offer you medical assistance and ask you to leave property. Um, That's... Like I said, as far as I know, that hasn't happened yet. It's certainly possible now that they've got the hotels going. Uh, and the neat thing is if you're staying on site at a hotel, they give you a wristband when you get temperature checked. So if you leave and come back or go between your room and the parks, you only have to do the temperature check once per day. Like uh, you know, so they have policies in place. You know, they, they have a procedure. If someone checks hot and, you know, they can quarantine, they can isolate. They can take that room out of rotation. Uh, so far, from what I hear, it hasn't been an issue. I'm sure it's going to happen at some point. Mm -hmm. It's inevitable. Um, but for right now, you know, it, it seems to be a precaution that is, uh, you know, not been needed. I really Thanks. like that, uh, that they mm -hmm. give you time to rest. Because I've heard from other listeners and friends, you know, it's... A thousand degrees in August <laughs> in Orlando. Uh, it's hotter than the uh, the sun, and so yeah, there's going to be a lot more people testing hot. And I'm glad they don't just give you the boot because that's what I assumed would happen. And so yeah, it's good no, that no, they give you a cool off. I believe it's uh, they give you 15 minute cool off period and a second test. And I know for a hotel, they will go up to three tests. I don't know if you're just a park guest, if they'll go up to three tests. But, I don't know. I feel a little uh, warm from... right now. It's just it's <laughs> kind of muggy in Nebraska. Well, uh, you, it... you probably are going to feel even warmer because you will be wearing a face mask. Yes. And, of course, that's the other, you know, most visible element of the health and safety precautions. Um, face masks are required for everyone at Universal age two and older. Oh, two. Uh, Yes. Okay. Originally, they had said age three, but then Disney came out with age two because the CDC revised their recommendation from age two to three. And I think they just wanted to make it consistent. Um, so it is age two. Now, <laughs> I know plenty of parents who don't buy a ticket uh, for their kid because they insist that their kid who's, you know, they insist their kid is two years old going on, you know, 17. Yeah. <laughs> they will do anything. That's how Doug snuck me into kid. the park last That's time. That's right. That's <laughs> how Derek exactly. gets in. Uh, yep. yeah, so, yeah. He shaves, know. but he's two. So, um, I mean, to be clear, you know, they, they say masks are mandatory and required. I have not seen anyone be tackled to the ground and, uh, you know, dragged off backstage by security for failing to wear a mask. 
there there are some dedicated pe- team of people who do nothing but go around and you know remind people to stay socially distant and to wear their masks but it's unclear exactly how much in- enforcement authority there is um i'll say that the first day i was back at city walk um i saw 99% mask usage and the first day of previews for the parks i probably saw 97% by the day I went back for the public, I saw somewhere between 80 and 85 percent. Hmm. Uh, it's not necessarily people being flagrant in their disregard. A lot of the time it's someone will have a mask over their face, but they've pulled it down like over their chin. Ooh, so the they're chin strap. They're, they're no, yeah, yeah. So in case their chins start sneezing. Yeah, uh, that happens. That's very helpful. Um, but, you know, um, the major exception is you don't have to wear a face mask while you are eating or drinking. So you're going to see a lot of people wandering around with a butter beer or a box of popcorn or whatever, and their, their mask is off and they're just wandering around freely. And, um, you know, if you're not comfortable with that, then luckily you've got enough elbow room in the parks right now to give them a wide berth. Uh, I haven't seen anyone get in a fist fight over, um, masks or, uh, you know, mouth off to security. Basically they will politely ask you to put your mask back on but if you refuse and keep walking they will more likely just let it go oh interesting. Uh, so you know i don't know if that's necessarily an official policy i think it's you know they're still trying to find the balance between mm-hmm. yes service and you know health and safety uh and politics and everything i i don't think that if you go around and try absolute 100% enforcement and, you know, we're going to throw you out of the park if you don't wear this, there could be a lot of bad publicity that could follow. Mm, uh, yeah. So mainly they just want to make sure that everyone has enough space so that you don't feel like you're being invaded, like you're being forced into a situation where where you're not protected. Uh, you know, generally, if you see people and there are there are spaces where you are perfectly aware, allowed to not wear a mask. They have these things called you break areas. Um, I know if you're a fan of the Fear Factor live show, I'm so sorry for you. The show is down right now, but you can use the court. Oh, to... darn. So I guess, you know, if, if you are you're not willing to eat bugs, but you are willing to remove your mask in public, I guess that could be your Fear Factor experiment. It's uh, true. It's scary. Know? So, yeah, there there's spots when you're, you know, you're you're at assume your own every anything is assume your own risk. I mean, they say right at the top of the website, you know, they can't guarantee anything. Being out in a public is, an, is a risk, and it's absolutely true. So there, there are spots where if you feel comfortable taking your mask off and hanging out, go for it. Um, me personally, I spent uh, $15 and bought three very nice reusable uh, Universal Orlando annual pass holder branded masks, uh, mainly because they have not come out with any Harry Potter masks yet. Yet. Uh, yes. <laughs> just yet. wait. It, it's... <laughs> It's a little weird walking around, and it's a, a lot weird wearing one all day. Um, I know a lot of people have worn one to go out to the groceries or, you know, go out for a couple hours. Doing a full eight to ten hours in a theme park is is a little rough. The hardest thing about it for me is 3D movies. Uh, the 3D attractions are done for me until I can find a mask that does not instantly fog up my 3D glasses. Uh, Spider-Man... Yeah, uh, Spider-Man. I could barely make out what's happening, and Kong was just a loss. It's Kong, the Kong. new fog effect they installed. It's <laughs> yeah. Not, yeah, it's they installed that during the well, downtime. Well, you know, they did. Uh, they did. They've done an interesting job of 
kind of going around at random and disabling some water and fog effects in rides. You know, we know Universal is famous that every ride has to either burn mm-hmm. you or splash you with water. It's mandatory. Like they can't they can't not either either That's what I pay for, of course. Or spray you with water. Um, the flame effects uh, are still working, so yay Spidey Man- Spidey's uh, fireball. But fog, mist, spray, some rides it's on, some rides it's off. Sometimes you can't even really tell how they decide what. Like the Dementor, uh, the I'm sorry, not the Dementors, the dragon inside Forbidden Journey is not spraying his fo- hot fog breath. But the spiders are still spitting. Transformers Random. had some water effects, but Spider-Man didn't, and and then vice versa. So it's kind of random. I actually kind of enjoyed that on Fast and Furious, uh, they turned off a lot of the water effects because there's all these pl- parts where like a car explodes and you suddenly get wet, and I don't know why. Ride or die. Oh, that windshield washer fluid. I guess. I guess. I will say. In, in addition to water effects, pre-shows have been shut off on a lot of attractions, okay. except Fast and the Furious. And whoever made that decision that I can no longer enjoy the elevator at Gringotts or, you know, the secret entryway at Men in Black, but I should be forced to sit through both pre-shows at Fast and the Furious and have to hear the word family 17 times. <laughs> How can that be safe and healthy? I, I don't I don't understand. It's Vin Diesel. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, it's in his, it's in the contract. Yeah. He has to he has to say family so many times, or the whole place shuts down. So you mentioned elbow room um, when yeah. walking around the park. How's capacity been? Um, well, you know they they had uh, timed reserved tickets for those first two preview days, um, and the you know the previews for the morning of the first day were snapped up really quick. But I believe they were still trying to give them away for the second day, right up mm. until the day of. And, you know, this, I expected there to be a lot of pent up demand. I expected there were a lot of be annual pass holders, you know, really desperate to get out. And, and there were there, those people. Um, there was definitely a core contingent. Um, and also, the weather kept people away too. Weather has been really, really terrible here this week. But even all those things, considered it was a lot lot quieter than i expected uh i would say you know when i showed up on the first day of previews you know i thought i got there early and there was already a queue that stretched all the way from the islands adventure lighthouse all the way to the universal studios globe um so i thought it was like you know this like the opening of harry potter all over again but no that line disappeared within 10 minutes of the park opening and for the rest of the day, I would say, uh, you know, if you follow touring plans, uh, our crowd calendar, I would say that that first preview day was maybe a three out of ten. And then when I came back for the uh, the opening day to the public, uh, it was a little crowded in the morning, but by noon, I'd say it was a one out of ten. I I would I would hazard that there were around 3000 people in each park at at any given time. Um, oh wow. And that is yeah. that's I mean yeah, we're we're talking roughly 10% or maybe even less of what the park capacity I want to go right now. Peak summer season. Here's the thing. 
if this is your first time going to Universal and you want all the magic of the hugging a character and seeing the, the every attraction at its fullest and all of the nighttime shows, parades, no, stay away. This is not the time for that once-in-a-lifetime trip. If you're already a regular and you are jonesing to experience the parks the way they felt like, you know, before Harry Potter opened, basically, back when no one was coming to Universal, back when Universal was practically giving tickets away to people and you could just wander around, that's what this is like. Now, you can't just walk onto every ride. It is still important to rope drop. Name check there. Yes, I like, I like that. Ding, ding, ding. Yes. It is still important to rope drop because they've gone to a system uh, where some of the, the key headliner attractions are on what they call a virtual line system. Very similar to the virtual boarding pass that Disney used for Rise of the Resistance. Luckily, it's not being snapped up quite as quickly. But if you want to ride something like Hagrid's, you're going to want to get there around opening uh, in order to get one of those virtual lines because... Um, while they sometimes release additional ones during the day, it's not quite as bad as Disney where they're all gone within seconds of opening. Uh, if you have a ride like Hagrid's, um, that you want to make sure that you're going to ride, then getting there before opening and grabbing one of those virtual line passes is by far your best bet. Uh, the interesting thing with the virtual line is it kind of comes and goes. There's some attractions where it'll start out standby, it'll turn to virtual line, or maybe it'll have standby and a virtual line option. Uh, I, there's, there's, they're experimenting a lot. You know, they're, they're shifting things, they're playing with things. The idea is that once you get your virtual line uh, time comes and you go to use it, you should really only spend 15, 20 minutes standing in the queue. Uh, and that queue might take up the whole length. Like I did uh, Gringotts, and the line filled up the entire back area out, you know, the extended queue out wow. back that goes around the ride vehicle. All of that, which is normally only on the worst day ever used, completely full. But that's because there's six feet between every person and people are just constantly walking the whole way through. Especially since, like I mentioned, no uh, Bill's office pre-show, no dropping elevator pre-show. So you're just charging straight through all of that stuff right up to the boarding. Um, so, you know, what would have been under normal circumstances, a three hour queue was actually only 20, maybe 25 minutes at the most. But here's the problem. The, the queues for the attractions themselves seem to be handling it well. It's the queues for the lockers that are out of control. Oh, didn't even you know? think about that. The big difference between Disney and Universal, Disney will let you take a backpack onto Expedition Everest or Rock and Roller Coaster and just, you know, sit your bag in between your legs. You know, they, they figure you'll be fine. No, don't worry about it. Universal makes you put everything in a locker. And, you know, it, some rides, it's just anything that won't fit in your pockets. But some things like Hulk, it's everything. Your keys, your wallet, your cell phone. And what they've done with the lockers is uh, restricted them so they only send one person at a time into a locker bank one person, then when that person comes back, so so one person gets to put a bag away, and when that person's done, one person gets to retrieve a bag, and they alternate like that. So for Forbidden Journey the other day was literally a walk-on. You didn't have a single person in front of you all the way from the castle entrance to the benches, but it was a half hour to put your bag in a locker and another half hour to get your bag back out of locker. So, so good you... tip, don't take a bag. 
Or Absolutely. Take... Wear cargo shorts, no matter yeah. how unfair. Dogs cargo are. shorts. You can fit you... a lot in those. Well, you <laughs> wouldn't need to because I would just hold everybody's crap. That's my well, job that, at Universal. Cause yes, that I, is the new position. If you want to be the bag holder, you are now gold. Should uh, be well paid. I mean, that's yeah. golden right there, Doug. No, you could be making I money. I will say that the difference from the first day I was there to the last day I was there, those lines definitely improved. They still got a ways to go, um, but they're working on it. Uh, even if Forbidden Journey right now, they're actually building brand new lockers outside of the castle, oh. specifically to try to alleviate that problem. Um, but for now, yeah, right now, the bag check is worse than line for the actual rides. I believe it. Because those bag, the locker area is such a zoo. Just like you got to fight through a mob of people. Yeah, you can't stay it's, six feet away in that no, area at it's, all. It's but even chaos. with all that, even with all those issues, um, in in... The park was open from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m., and I managed to do 10 major attractions, including all the Harry Potter rides, plus eat a sit-down meal, all in the space of that that eight hours. So, you know, that's that's a pretty solid day. Um, So all the YouTubers that went the first day it was open to the public and talked about how crazy crowd it was and they stayed for about an hour <laughs> but that was really that was the thing. You, yeah you showed up and you saw that line outside the park and you know you saw that initial rush of people heading to hagrid's you know that first 15 minutes probably looked pretty ugly but as soon as that people dispersed throughout the park i mean even by just by noon on that first day you could feel it starting to drop and by mid-afternoon you know, I was just walking around, you know, I, <laughs> a Simpsons ride, uh, my, my tip for the Simpsons ride is you always ask for level two. And then once you're on level two, you ask for room six, because that is the car that is in the sweet spot of the dome in the dead center is the first time I've ever not only been able to request that and immediately been sent to it, but had the entire car to myself. Oh, wow. It was kind of an eerie experience. And a couple of the cars on either side of me were empty, too. So it was just, it was like a, a Simpsons ride for one. Wow. That's, and, uh, that's a win there was, right there. That's, yes. There, I mean, that's, that's the kind of stuff that's going on right now. And I, maybe word will get out how quiet it is and the weather will improve a little and people will feel more comfortable getting out. And in a month, you know, or a couple of weeks, that that'll change. But right now, this is a, you know, if you hate crowds, this is the time to visit. There you go. Wow, I Doug, this is making me really want to think about taking a trip <laughs> all of a sudden. So uh, definitely, but I agree with you. The once in a lifetime, not worth it. But yeah, if you're uh, if you're a regular, yep. this would be yeah. a great time. Especially to go. if you if you've got an annual pass. Um, you know, I had, I I still think Disney might have this. Uh, issue because I think that Disney probably has more annual pass holders than than well than uh, Universal does, but you know I I thought that it would be wise for Disney not to start the fuse burning on people's annual passes again until they make their first visit. Instead of saying the parks mm. are open and you all the clock's ticking on your annual pass, say hey you want to hold off another month before you come back? That's fine. We'll tack on another month on the back end. Uh, Universal obviously hasn't done that, and Universal is not. Um, as, not asking anyone to make a reservation to show up. You can, you can show up and get in the park. They will, they say that they reserve the right to close for capacity, but as far as I know, they have not yet come anywhere close to that yet. So, uh, so yeah, uh, 
you know, a universal, if you have a universal annual pass, the clock is ticking on it. And this might be a great time to use it if, uh, if, if that's something you can afford to do and you're comfortable making the trip. Talk to Michelle McKnight as long right as you're now. Not from New York, New Jersey, or Connecticut. Oh yes, yes. There you, you go. will have to self-quarantine for 14 days, and that's a long vacation. That's that yeah, a, mm-hmm. a that's long like vacation a, and nothing. That's like a British style of vacation. Ooh, yeah. there you go. Yeah, hopefully that requirement will go away at the end of June. Um, that's what the current order I think goes through till the and end that, of June, and hopefully you know, it goes away. Hopefully, because well, I mean, hopefully I, that the the statistics and the 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 facts support that. That's yeah. what I hope. I yeah, hope they don't hopefully. Just, take away. <laughs> I thing. hope they no. don't take it away just just cause. Because. Um, yeah, because you know, Disneyland is one thing. Disneyland has a, a big population in Los Angeles that can keep that park sustained. Um, you know, Univer- Universal and and Disney World. Central Florida is a much smaller pool uh, of people with. You know, disposable income and 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 has a much uh, lower you know average income compared to the Los Angeles area, um, and so it's it can't survive solely on locals. Uh, they need um, people coming in from out of state because uh, they're not. I don't think they're going to get international travel back anywhere near where it was for quite some while. Mm-hmm. So the sooner that New Yorkers are able to come back down yeah. here safely, uh, the better for the parks. Yeah, they as are. long as they leave their COVID at home. Correct. Yes. Everybody check the COVID at home. I, I, one thing back to the temperature checks that I feel the temperature checks do a great job of is keeping people that are sick from coming. Like how many times on a vacation you have a family and one kid's not feeling that great. And you're like, well, we're here. Oh, we're you're going. powering through. Yep. Yeah. You, sure. No, oh, wait, I've I never, know. I've never done That's that before. Stop how, that. how many, how many times are people like, you know, just pump the kid full of acetaminophen. They'll, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't know even know what that is. Oh yeah. Give them enough Benadryl, put them in the stroller. Yep. They there just sleep right yep. through the day. Exactly. Um, yes. And, <laughs> and, I, and a lot of it, I mean, if you read, you know, the temperature check between, you know, the variance in human temperature responses, human fever responses, and the number of people who are just, you know, carriers, but completely asymptomatic. Uh, you know, I think we can agree that the temperature check is really more of what we call health theater. In the same way that you know, uh, TSA is security yep. theater. Yep, it deters. Uh, more it, it, than yeah, the idea else. is yep. more to create that idea in someone's mind that I shouldn't go if I'm sick. Mm-hmm. You know, exactly. And, and uh, while it's not necessarily going to catch someone, it might make them think twice if they don't Thanks. feel great. That's and when you do catch somebody, you have all the rights to turn them around. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's that's the great part so i do temperature checks at work all day long now it's it's fascinating oh, oh good yeah. i have an appointment so, in a couple you know, weeks have, good to have know. you gotten in a fist fight with anyone yet um no the the most interesting thing though is people that they work somewhere they have a positive at their work so they get sent home for two weeks they take that as a sign like oh i should call <laughs> the dentist while i'm off for two weeks it's like no you're not no. off for two weeks you're quarantined for two weeks so <laughs> so we turn them around based off of that as they never even get to the temperature but you were making me think amazing. twice about my appointment coming up this month <laughs> oh i got i we got it locked down tight man all right I got, sounds it's good cleaner just, than just ever. just tie a string to a doorknob and uh, tie the other end to your tooth slam the door 
It's so much cheaper than, than going to the dentist. Oh, except mine are all adult teeth. I still need it. But he has to clean all the popcorn and other stuff out of my coffee. Oh, yeah, coffee and, and uh, <laughs> Mickey pretzel and whatever, butterbeer, Universal. Anyway, let's get back to Universal because one thing I've been wondering, there is a giant construction project happening in <laughs> Islands of Adventure. Who knows what it could be? Uh, it's unnamed. Construction? Nothing. I don't know what. No. You must be referring to the Raptor Encounter which is the new raptor puppet meet and greet which opened <laughs> uh an area that was reclaimed from uh what was originally part of the the uh jurassic park river adventure extended queue which was rarely used right in between that and the pizza predatoria fast food restaurant and they did a great job it's kind of in the theme of uh, lost world um it's a much better layout much better crowd flow and they have the ability now to do both the full-size adult raptor puppets, and they also have a little baby raptor puppet that uh, is similar to the baby triceratops that you might have seen in the past. But this one blinks and makes noise, just Ooh. like the big ones. It's really great. So that's obviously what you're talking about. Yeah, we're not talking about that talking giant. About giant freaking roller coaster. <laughs> no, yeah, no, that no one is... Universal. Hey, what's that thing you're building over there? Nothing. So here's what, if we're Disney, this is, this is Disney, Disney, we are going to announce an amazing new land we are building in our parks. And here is concept art describing these incredible attractions. And they are all going to open in seven years. And then when they do, it will actually just be a popcorn stand. (laughs) (laughs) Universal, on the other hand, starts just moving earth putting up steel, construction workers working away. What? What? Construction? R- roller coaster? No, no. There's absolutely nothing going on. Nothing behind us. I have no There is absolutely nothing to see here, folks. Move along. Turn around. Oh, yeah. No, no. Yeah, we're opening that tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. No, that opens tomorrow. Yeah, that's 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 an Intamin uh, multi-launch coaster. It's going to be the uh, biggest, most powerful coaster in uh, Florida. And it's got a giant top hat, and it's got a heartline roll. It's going to go right in front of the Discovery Center. It's going to hold frame. It'll totally change the whole look of Yeah, opens tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's actually going to open 2021. So, uh, but, but they're they still able flying. to work on it during this uh, COVID thing? They are flying through it. It's amazing. They There was a shut up, maybe not a shutdown. There was a kind of slowdown of a few days, a couple weeks. And then they went right back at it. Um, if you're on Twitter, at BioReconstruct is your best source yep. for aerial. Mm-hmm. He, uh, he apparently owns a jetpack, um, you know, like a James I Bond jetpack. I do wonder sometimes how he gets some of those pictures. Every, <laughs> Every freaking day. It's amazing. Um, yeah, this is one serious coaster. Like, if you thought, well, Hagrid's was kind of fun, but it wasn't a real roller coaster the way Dueling Dragons used to be. All right, this is going to, like, would make the old Dueling Dragons just curl up in the corner and cry. Wow. Um, I can't I wait. mean... I'll pass. I, Doug's not doing it. You know, I've I've heard people compare it to Maverick. Hopefully it won't have some of the technical issues Maverick had. Um, but you're looking at multiple high-speed launches. Um, you know, one of the tallest hills of any coaster in Florida. You know, Orlando's famous for everything is 199 feet because once you go up to 200, you got to put a blinking light on it. Mm-hmm. Um, so this one's either going to be right there or maybe even go over. Uh, not we're not really sure yet, you know, because obviously they haven't even admitted it's being. They built. don't even know it's being built. Yeah, uh, but this is definitely going to be. I mean, it's going to be the tallest 
fastest, most intense roller coaster in Universal. Oh, um, if you wait. look at some of these, you know, the way it doubles back on itself, um, all of these inversions, heartline rolls. Uh, Everything Doug and, wants to try. And, you know, it's not just a spaghetti bowl of bare track. Uh, there's going to be a lot of really nice rock work, some uh, waterfalls and water features, maybe even some animatronic dinosaurs along Ooh. the way. Uh, nice. So, yeah, that's that's going to be 2021. And even okay. before that, um, you know, they they were just on the verge of soft opening the Born Stuntacular, which is the replacement mm-hmm. of the old Terminator 2 3D show. Just on the verge, they previewed it to uh, employees, gotten some good responses, and then everything shut down. Uh, but from what I hear, the stunt team is back in rehearsals. Um, the banners uh, announcing the show have gone up outside the building. So I think we could be seeing, uh, you know, seeing that newborn show before Fourth of July, probably. Oh, nice! That'd be cool. I'd be cool. I like one. a like a good stunt show. Oh, I love stunt yeah, shows. Yeah, I do enjoy All right, well. So we discussed that you write the Universal Orlando book for the unofficial guy, but you also do the Disneyland book. Yes, so let's the unofficial jump guy over there. Twenty twenty available in fine bookstores wherever fine bookstores are still open, and on our <laughs> website at www.roguedroppers.com. Yeah, excellent. There you go. I hope you've got an affiliate link, so you're getting. Yeah, we do. We're good. Zero, we're zero good there. Cents. Exactly. Yes, it, it adds up really fast. Every um, nickel adds up. Come on, guys. So, um, what are some thoughts on when Disneyland might open, and kind of how do they manage? Should, it should we ask? Game? Is Disneyland going to open first, or this roller coaster that Universal Studios won't admit <laughs> open first? That's a good way well, to phrase it. I, I won't go that, you know, there was a very uh, famous uh, or infamous, should I say, um, financial analyst uh, a couple months ago who put out an alarmist report saying Disney parks will not reopen until 2021. Uh, but we already know that's not true in Orlando. Obviously, California seems to be running a little behind Florida because in Florida, we don't we don't give an <laughs> we, yep. different we attitude. Give zero Fs here. Yeah, <laughs> that's just, uh, so. Like, you know, yeah, uh, but the word on the street is that uh, Universal City Walk is going to start opening this very week. Uh, Bubba Gump Shrimp jumped the gun a little with a post saying, "We're open now," and uh, someone at City Walk said, "Really? Are you sure?" Um, so uh, it looks like that's really going to be maybe by Thursday, uh, seeing some things at City Walk and Universal open. And I'd say City Walk, uh, Universal's theme park will probably come a couple weeks after that. Um, I don't think, I think that uh, just like Walt Disney World's a month behind Universal Orlando, I'd expect Disneyland to be about a month behind mm-hmm. Universal Hollywood. Um, they seem comfortable with letting Universal take the heat for being first out of the gate and let them, you know, make the mistakes or whatever, and also let them have to suffer through the, you know, period of low attendance. There's no way they're making a profit on the number of people they have coming in the door. Oh, yeah. But keep in mind that you Disney furloughed all their folks. They let mm-hmm. them keep their health insurance, but they've been home with zero pay. Whereas Universal, the majority of their regular staff they've still been paying them 80 percent of their regular salary all this time uh 
up until very recently. Like, so I think I think there was might have been a, a another round of furloughs in early uh, early this month. But basically, they got brought back on, um, you know, with very little interruption in their salaries compared to what Disney's done. Well, so I Dis- admire that. I like that. Yeah. So Disney, obviously, yeah, and so it means that Disney. You know, financially speaking, if they're not paying their people, it makes sense to keep things closed until they mm-hmm. think that they can bring enough people through the gates to, uh, you know, at least break even. Whereas Universal is like, well, you know, if we're paying these people already, we might as well be putting them to work. Even if there aren't enough guests to technically make it worthwhile, I think they think that the experience of getting things running smoother for when there are more guests and also the goodwill generated by, you know, saying we're open and we're getting back to work uh i guess they they feel that that's worth whatever financial loss there is um i think the most interesting thing will be seeing how disney is returning to a state that's more like universal once fast pass goes away um you know it's it's i think it's going to be a much bigger impact at walt disney world because they're eliminating fast pass plus which is a huge incentive for people staying at those hotels you know if if you compare the price of a Walt Disney World hotel versus any hotel in the area. You're basically paying three to four times more for the same hotel room, if not more, because you're getting early Fast Pass Plus, which you are no longer getting because there is no Fast Pass. You're get, you're doing it for the free dining or the cheap dining package. There's no more cheap dining packages. There's no more dining packages at all. And you're doing it for the extra magic hours. Well, there's no more extra magic hours. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that you know, that takes a big chunk out of the value of a hotel at Walt Disney World. You don't never had quite those perks at Disneyland um, and Disneyland's Fast Pass, uh, even with Max Pass, has never been the kind of reserve and advance system. So Disneyland might actually be able to adopt to that a little more easily than Walt Disney World can. But here's the problem at Disneyland, um, especially in the original Disneyland Park uh, you look at places like like Fantasyland, it's just not built for social distancing. Mm-hmm. Even if you uh, compare the equivalent attraction at Disney World versus Disneyland, take Peter Pan's flight and look at the queue. Whereas in Disney World, you've got that whole extended queue with the indoor queue and the interactive stuff. Obviously, some of the interactive stuff has to turn off, but they're prepared to hold an hour or two worth of people in a queue. Whereas at Disneyland, you know, that that queue fills up instantly every day and really only holds about 45 minutes worth of people on the best of circumstances. Mr. Toad's wild ride. Just it's right there. Yeah. Where do the people go? Exactly. Everything in Disneyland, everything that makes Disneyland great, that it's charming, that it's cozy, that it's intimate, that everything is on a smaller scale than that you have little nooks and crannies, all the things that make Disneyland so wonderful also make it really hard to do social distancing there. Um, yeah. So that's, you know... That's going to make your uh, book a challenge the uh, next <laughs> year for sure. It's, you know, it, obviously we are right now in process. You know, I, I spend the whole year up, you know, it's a constant process. As soon as one year's book is done and off to the printer, the book's never finished. It just has a deadline where it has to get printed. And the next day, something's going to change in the park. And then I'm starting the updates for the next year. So, you know, all throughout the year until this happened, you know, I've been working on updates for the books just like just like always. You know, there's new attractions that I was getting ready to uh, 
you know, have reviews for the Avengers campus. Um, but then COVID comes along and blows everything out of the water. Uh, so essentially, you're trying to review two different theme parks. You're trying to review the current Disneyland experience or what we think the current Disneyland experience will be once it opens. And then we've also got to say, well, what happens when all this goes back to normal, which is hopefully mm, soon? Yep. Then what is that experience? Uh, you know, and they're two completely different worlds. Yeah. Uh, and it is, it's going to be a little, you know, we have delayed uh, the book. We haven't announced a new publication date. It, there is going to be a new edition of the book. It's just a matter of we've got to wait until things are settled down enough that we know that Disney knows what they're doing before we can put that on paper. Yeah, um, they got a lot to figure out. Yep. As soon as stuff shakes out enough that we know what the experience is like and that we can get out there and experience it for myself, you know, um, you know, I, I, I'm not going to put my name on a book about it until I've spent a couple of weeks out there, you know, redoing all of our touring plans and, and rewriting every ride and seeing how it's affected everything. Um, and then once we've done that, then, um, we'll be getting back to work. The universal book, I'm really hopeful that we'll be able to get it out almost on time this year. It might be a slight delay. Uh, mostly because I want to see what's going to happen with Halloween Horror Nights. I was about to add, that was my final <laughs> question. Have you heard any rumors at all with Horror Nights? Well, there are lots of rumors. I mean, I could, just, I could tell okay. you the rumors for what all of the haunted houses are, were supposed to or would, would have been if this had all not happened. I can tell you for sure that there are still people every day going to work, working on Halloween Horror Nights, building props, um, permits are filed. Um, you know, uh, I, I'm not saying that all of the houses are currently under construction, but things are being built and put together and they are acting as if there is going to be a heart Halloween Horror Nights. Now I've seen various plans on how to do a Halloween Horror Nights that's socially distanced, distanced. Some of them just involve, you know, get rid of fear, fa uh, sorry, uh, frequent fear passes and get rid of express and radically limit the uh, capacity. Um, I've also seen plans that involve um, itineraries where you will no longer just be able to wander around and get in line for whatever house you want, but you will in advance sign up and, you know, they might give you some choices or let you pick themes or whatever, but basically you will be told, this is where you're going when, and you follow this list. Um, which, to be honest, could make things better. I agree. I, really, I feel like while, you know, aesthetically, artistically, uh, Halloween Horror Nights is has been at the top of its game for the last five years. You can't argue with, with the, uh, how, how good the special effects and, and the construction of the houses are. But just as, as an experience, it's gotten too big for its own good, in my opinion. And it just becomes this kind of thing where unless you know all the tricks with the early entry and and, you know, which houses to hit first and you're willing to stay there from open to close, you know, it's it's exhausting. It's it's not it's not that much fun anymore. So if this is a reason for them to totally rethink what that experience is like, then, hey, I'm all for it. All right. Well, maybe all this is the or, year or another unless if there is another giant second wave that's worse oh, than the Oh, please first, not. And we have quarantine again, obviously. All bets are off the table. But right now, 
I think that there will still be a Halloween Horror Nights 30. This could be the year that I could drag Doug to it. No. Come I, on, I, Doug. I Social distancing. They can't so touch Doug, you. No. You're, you're a big fan of Billie Eilish? Oh, really? No. Okay. <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> really? No. Um, I don't want to take a spot. How do you spot. like Beetlejuice? You know, that was even scary when I saw that long ago. I'm I scare easily, so I don't want to take a spot from somebody if they radically reduce capacity, Derek. That's for our listeners, Doug, who want to. That would be like on the Titanic. You wouldn't want to take one of those spots in the. Oh, you're so you're such a great guy, Doug. No, I'd take the one. You would let (laughs) on the door, and you would let yourself freeze to death. That's. Uh, maybe maybe i don't know <laughs> all right well, all right let's let's wrap it up because now i gotta start booking my trip and hopefully some of our listeners are gonna want to start booking their trip too seth but first no matter what they still need a copy of your book so take of a course. minute right now and, and give if, a shout if out there's no way if you are still quarantined if you have not left your house for three months you have plan, no plans of coming out until there's a vaccine that's fine just buy the book you can go to theunofficialguides.com uh, and that will show you links to our Amazon page. Um, and you just, just buy the book, and that's like going on vacation. You just read the book over and over and over again. Ooh. Uh, and, and and then when you're done, use it as toilet paper because we all knew we, you need that. Well, we're running out of that. <laughs> um, so, yes, theunofficialguides.com. If you want to follow us on Twitter, at the UG series. Uh, we're also at the UG series on Instagram and on YouTube. There you go. And Doug's holding up his copy right now yes. because we do have it on our website, www.ropedroppers.com. That'll be in the show notes. Uh, I should have grabbed my copy beforehand, but it is great stuff. So definitely take a minute and check it out. But we need to get to the after show because, Seth, you also talk Las Vegas. Vegas, baby. Vegas! The after party. Yeah, so a lot of stuff with social distancing on what Vegas is going to be like. But we're not talking about that here. No, if you want to hear that bonus episode, you're going to have to become a Patreon. So check that out in the show notes. It's going to be really good, especially for all of you gambling addicts and people who are like me and just love going to Vegas to watch people. Best people watching. It really is. It truly is. So let's get to that. So, Seth, thank you so much for being on uh, this week's Rope Drop Radio talking uh, Universal Studios. My pleasure. I hope you guys make it down here soon. I hope so, Doug. Let's do it. Let's. That could be our new Rope Drop idea. Well, Well, you'll have to talk to the sponsor of the show to see if she'll let me go. I will, I will definitely do that. So let's talk about that. The sponsor of the show is Michelle McKnight. She will help you book Universal, Disney, everything that you can want to do. And yes, here soon enough, we'll all be traveling and having fun again. So get your trip on the books right now. And of course, if you want to do a Disney cruise, you got to check out backtothemouse.com because he has mm-hmm. got all the cheap cruises coming out because... I don't know. Who knows what cruise prices are going to be like? That's a whole nother. That is a whole episode right well, there. A whole episode now. Yes, that's yeah. not even teased. That we'll get Whew. we'll get Joe back on for that episode. But check yeah, out backtothemouse.com. But again, thank you, Seth, for Doug. I'm Derek. You've been listening to Rope Drop Radio, and please leave a review.